Okay, so welcome again to Mildly Eccentric and Eminently Wise. We're um, speaking again with Judy and Rose about their uh, friendship, their transformative life changes, um, overcoming quite serious illness, moving from a stay-at-home mom to an entrepreneur. And we're going to share in this uh, part of our chat um, kind of Rose and Judy's advice and tips and coping strategies and, and things that they've done in their own lives to um, to help them, whether it's dealing with crisis or just facing a you know huge change and how to embrace it, um, other than just being naturally uh, a daring, courageous person, um, you know different strategies. So maybe Judy, you can kind of fill us in a little bit about, you know, what what did you find worked really well for you when you're going through kind of this, either whether it was moving from Australia to Canada or reinventing yourself professionally or going through your, your breast cancer journey. Um, what got you through that? Well, moving to Canada was uh, a big change, but it coincided with the introduction of Skype and all, all those things where you can still talk to your family and see your family. So that made a huge difference to me that I could uh, get on once a week with my parents and my siblings. I could show them my babies and and, yeah. and so I've never really been homesick in Canada. And, and my husband was always very good about taking us home every year until the children started school and then every second year. So coming to Canada um, has, has not been a trial at all. And I love Canada now. I'm, I'm very at home here. And I love going back to Australia too, which I can't do at the moment because of right. hopefully next year. But uh, I've always been very comfortable here. So once I um, had the children, of course, everything revolves around them. That's right. And if I'd had uh, breast cancer with no children, I'm sure that would have been a very different experience to having it with a young family where yeah. everything you do is trying to um, play it down for them. Right. So, now, do you think that was a plus or a minus going through it with children? In hindsight, for me, it was a plus because I didn't, I didn't dwell on it. I, I didn't let myself, you know, become overwhelmed by it. You, you just have to put on the best face all the way. Yeah. And and it does pass. You know, immediately you start your treatments. You're counting them down. You know, yeah. only five to go, only four to go, only three to go. So it is an endurance test to get through. Yeah there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And the thing that really kept our family on an even keel was that we kept our routine. Yeah. And I was well enough to do that. I was well enough to still get the meals and I could drive. Um, Thank goodness. And, and so we just really stuck to our routine um, until, until we were through. Yeah. My children were absolutely marvelous through it. My eldest boy uh, was just uh, 17 and he could drive. So he took over a lot of the, the driving to extracurricular activities and even school runs and that sort of thing. 
and um, my my next son, who's the friend with Rose's boy, he uh, he took on the exercising mum job. <laughs> having chemo and radiation, the really important thing is to drink a lot of water and to exercise, and that sort of flushes it out of your system. Right. Very tempting to think, oh, I should just keep still and not do anything, but that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Keep moving, the the sooner the the unpleasant feelings pass. I think too, um, Judy, there's, there is a mind-body connection as well. When you move, it does create those positive, uh, you know, hormones in your brain. So, you know, when you're trying to cope with something pretty large, um, being able to move really is a benefit to you and it benefits you mood-wise as well. That's right, that's right. And just the fact that you, you're out and you're not dwelling on it but the, the physical effect is quite dramatic. So that if you have chemo like every two weeks um, and you do feel dreadful, um, you feel off, um, but that lifts about four or five days after if you've done all the exercising, otherwise it drags on. But yeah. by the time your next treatment comes along, you've been feeling pretty normal for a week. So you can cope with the next one. Yeah. So one of the things we kind of alluded to um, earlier in our conversation was about having a sense of humor. And um, maybe we can kind of visit that a little bit too. Um, and the two of you can chip in here because um, Rose, you were talking about being involved with improv and you know, kind of studying some stand-up, et cetera, which is related to a number of things, but obviously you have to have a natural sense of humor and an openness to humor um, and be able to laugh at yourself and not take things overly seriously. Um, and so between the two of you, um, how do you find that has helped you kind of in your life process and in your, you know, your aging process as well? Because we are always aging, unfortunately. Well, one of the types of humor, um, as you know, is the you're the butt of the joke the audience will laugh along with you right and that that is true um in many many cultures and for many many people and so it's um the sad fact is it's also easy for us to be critical of ourselves so it's a pretty easy joke to make in most cases that's true yeah it is it's true um when you say that rose because it is about sometimes um making light of or making jokes about where you know you've screwed up and you're you know you're you know especially when you're on a stage and you're doing those kind of things and you've got an audience um when you make a joke out of it then it it does help you kind of recover from it as well like internally and laughing at yourself honestly like we, we were talking about a bit earlier, it, sometimes you do have to laugh at yourself because human beings do kind of some pretty funny things. And Judy, what? how do you find that kind of helped you? Um, like you were mentioning about even kind of looking at the name of your company um, and dealing with kind of, you know, exploring whether that was going to be the name or not, even though you were pretty sure it was going to be um, with your kids, etc. Using that sense of humor, uh, how did that kind of impact you and, and your family? 
Well, having three teenage boys as I went through breast cancer meant that there were a lot of breast jokes. Right. Bald jokes. Yeah. Although it's hard to see yourself in that state, you know, you can't be oversensitive and knowing that it will pass. I mean, my my hair came back quite quickly and and, and, uh, very interesting. It came back uh, silver and curly. Yes, Uh, I've heard that from other people. Yes. And normally I'm straight, straight brown. Yeah. Uh, but I had this marvellous silver curly hair and so that was all very funny to the kids and I, I ended up, you know, within a year I had this long hair to my shoulders with just tight ringlets. Yeah. And it was quite amazing and eventually I couldn't stand it and I cut it all off. <laughs> there were quite a lot of jokes about mum's boobs and oh mum's forgotten a boob, you know. Yeah, yeah. Out forget to take your, your, your boob or whatever. Yeah, don't forget to put the boob on or yeah. <laughs> so when we were talking about the name of the business, of course, that was all part of that uh, joking about those sort of things with the kids. But they, yeah. they it was such a funny name that I really wanted to keep it because um, it, it launched our company in a really cheerful way. Yes, absolutely. I find that funny that you, you know, could distract teenage boys from like, you know, poop jokes. Yeah. It's kind of an extreme way to go about it, Judy. (laughs) (laughs) I had boys, so I I was subjected to a lot of that too, so I get it. (laughs) I have the problem where I have to take a lot of photos um, for our social media and me wearing vests. Yeah. And, um, so I'm, I'm having to rope the kids in to be taking photos of me all the time, which is very strange at the age of 55 to start being a model. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't want lots of photos taken of me, but it's important um, to, to show how it works because until right. people actually see it, they, they can't quite understand how it works. Yeah. But we really had to have live shots of me wearing it and showing, opening it up and showing right. how it works and that sort of thing. So I do have to rope the kids in to be photographers quite often. Um, so that, that the boys have had to get over any shyness about photographing mum. And That's her. right. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's amazing what they can overcome and what can they can adapt to as well as what we can overcome and adapt to, right? Yes, well, it does change your perspective when there's a, a an event like that. It really is life-threatening. Yeah. Afterwards, just being uh, peaceful and being healthy and being normal has so much more value than it yeah. did before. You know, we, we just want to live a normal life and not have that sort of huge drama in our life. So... Exactly. You know, have to um, value the normality of everyday life. Yeah, I would say there's a lot of interpretation around that word normal. A lot of interpretation. Nothing's normal now. (laughs) No, no. You know, and I'd venture to say nothing's ever really been normal. Maybe what it's been is um, our comfort, you know, 
where's our comfort zone? And I know that that's something that Rose has brought up kind of in our um, kind of uh, conversations uh, through email and, and just our more casual chats. It's just that whole comfort zone idea. And I think that's a longing for most human beings is to, you know, especially when you've gone through something traumatic, is to find where you can get that balance in your comfort zone again. Now, it doesn't mean that things look like they did prior. Often it changes the entire landscape, right? And you find a new comfort zone because you've expanded the old existing one. So normal can change an awful lot after you've gone through something transformative. What are your thoughts on that, Rose? Do you th- you were talking a lot about kind of comfort zone issues and and moving past comfort zones and do you find that's uh, been your experience as well i think you're right we we've all had normal to get used to in the past year whether we wanted to or not that's right it's just another one that that life has given yeah. given us and uh it's i think we have a wisdom uh, based on how long we've lived and it's a wisdom that's available to every person who, who lives long enough and uh, there's no way through it except to do it you don't get that wisdom until you've gotten there unfortunately unless <laughs> unless you're smart enough to listen to the advice from other that's people right. but you know they uh, know it's hard yeah yeah, yeah. it's good to always it's good to always be a listener that's yeah. something that's so valuable in so many areas of life. So um, take what you can from our podcast today, everybody. And, and we hope that it helped. Absolutely. And that to me, that's um, uh, because I have kind of that creative, obviously you can see the, the audience can't see, but you ladies can see like, you know, I'm surrounded by creativity um, in my life by choice and, and by, um, a calling and you know the whole idea of kind of reinvention and comfort zone exploration of where those limits are and looking at kind of how to help other people because if we can help other people i think that gives us that much deeper level of meaning in our lives and you know um yes you have to have lived experience to really gain wisdom but being able to share what we know as women who have gone through our own stories and our own transformations, I think, is sharing that with others, whoever they may be. Maybe, you know, I tend to focus on women in, in a certain age group, but, you know, anybody can take from these lessons. It's not unique just to that specific group. Um, but storytelling to me is a big part of existence. And, and that is the best way in my view anyway which is why i do a podcast to share with others our wisdoms because wisdom comes from lived experience and and going through those things that we get to tell stories later well it's flattering to be asked for for our opinions and uh i think that um something that i've learned that's wise is if you wait to be asked for your opinion um, it has it has more behind it. it. It might be listened to more. Um, certainly, people will like you better. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, right. very, there's very few cases where an unsolicited opinion is the way to go. That's right. Unless it's very positive, you can do positive. But <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing your stories um, with me and 
and with the audience. I'm, I'm also very flattered to be entrusted with your stories because it does take a level of trust to, to move ahead and share these kind of um, details of your lives with other people. And I'm glad that you felt comfortable um, in doing that with me. It's a, a, certainly a privilege um, to be in the position that I'm in to meet such fabulous women. And I really um, look forward to continuing our connection. And as other things come up, um, you know, I'd like us to be able to share those with each other as well. And if there's events that you want me to add into a podcast uh, call out at some point, um, anything that uh, I can do to help support you and what you're doing. And just as women, because your stories are awesome. You are both awesome. And this has been such an awesome pleasure. Um, my, my whole thought behind what I do is to help women to live their best badass life at any age. So, you know, people say, oh, what's badass? It's like, you know, it's not wearing leather and driving a motorcycle with no helmet. That's not badass to me. That's foolish. But, you know, it's about not letting fear or others or comfort zones or illness or challenges keep us stumped. So you both provided such awesome inspiration to others and to myself today. And I sincerely appreciate your time. Um, is there anything you want to add before we move on for today? Well, the thing I wanted to add was that how Rose and I managed to set up the business with no experience was that we tapped into all the local small business centre programs and yep. that not only provided us with the information we needed, um, but set us up in networks. So we've met some absolutely wonderful people through those things who have been so helpful to us. Absolutely. And uh, really, uh, apart from the guidance of do this step, this step, this step, We've got people now we can phone and say, what did you do and, and how did you go about this? And, and that's been invaluable to us. Absolutely. And that is the power, I think, of um, not just networking, but but women networking with one another is a very powerful thing because, again, um, when we talk about the younger generation, being able to mentor younger women as well, because, you know, most of us did not grow up with mentors who we could um, count on to take us along on their journeys. Because first of all, there wasn't a lot of women mentors. Uh, they weren't in those leadership positions so much. And also women, um, we, we didn't get like invited to the golf course, so to speak, you know, like we didn't get those informal opportunities with mentors. So if we can do that as this generation, um, second half of life women, with awesome lived experience, I think that whole idea behind the networking is just uh, fabulous. Very, very helpful. And women are very supportive of each other, I find, when given the opportunity. Absolutely. April, you asked, um, in the in the discussions we had before before we started recording, you, you asked if, you know, to write down some thoughts on advice we might have for other women. Absolutely. And one that um, I think, think is important, which will speak to women over both American and Canadian society and probably much in Europe. Um, 
we know it's good to be kind to other people and they should give it to themselves. Yes. We have to um, be kind and, and, and give it to ourselves first. And so the one way that uh, it's manifested for me um, is to believe it's there's the belief and then the wisdom. And so I have, um, as I'm going along in the journey of being this entrepreneur, I'm believing more and more that I could teach myself almost anything. We have no doubt that you can too. Yeah. I really have no doubt. And, and the the wisdom comes in to know which things are worthy of that effort. That's right. So, That's right. Yeah. Well, then you're right. Be gentle and kind with yourself, you know, because they always say um, when you're, you know, the analogy about being on an airplane and don't we all wish we could be on an airplane again. Um, <laughs> When the, if the oxygen masks drop and you have a young child, you put yours on first and you have to, because if you're not breathing and you're not alive, you can't help your child. So, you know, it's, it is important that we look after ourselves and that we, we respect ourselves and value ourselves as much as we value others yeah, because we're, we're just as important. Something that I, that I noticed time and time again, in the community of women who have had breast cancer, when they receive the news, when they're going through treatment, when when the first thought of the mother is, what, who, what about my children? How right. are they feeling? What am I going to do to make them feel good? How am I going to do that ever? You know, yeah. and and they don't even give a thought to themselves. Yeah. And it's just, and I understand it completely, having been a parent myself. Yeah. If they, you know, if they're happy, that that goes such a long way in in That's most right. women. And uh, it's it's really illogical because you need to take care of the cancer and do those things. Exactly. Exactly. first for a lot of women. I think that's such valuable um, information to share, and I and I think that uh, most of us would benefit from that, obviously, because it is something you have to learn. Yeah. It's not natural. You know, it's yeah. just and not it natural. It, it doesn't make you a bad person because I think there are ways to do things where you talk to your children age appropriately and you can bring them along. And if you have the mindset that you're making everything a learning opportunity yeah. in some way that, that you're showing, you're teaching exactly. by demonstrating your values and living them, you know, yeah. give yourself that message. It's a little easier. I'm going to bet you both have raised some awesome kids. It's like... Uh, <laughs> And I, I can tell that you're both very proud of your families. And uh, that is just um, amazingly heartwarming to me as a mom also. And uh, hang in there though for those grandkids, man, I tell you, because they're <laughs> they're so worth it. They're so worth it. Um, they're, they're always the cutest creatures on earth. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> well, listen, Judy and Rose, thank you so, so much for your time and sharing your your stories with uh, everyone. Um, it's just uh, so inspiring. Um, I know that sounds so cliche, but it really is. It's uh, going through um, my own health problems, not breast cancer, but some other serious things that I, I deal with. It's so inspiring just to hear the stories, to be able to have these chats and, you know, yes, look after yourself for sure. Don't leave yourself off that care list and, and continue to have a sense of adventure and a sense of humor. And I think, you know, if we can take anything from today, I think those are some pretty 
deep and meaningful inspirations and lessons. So um, I thank you again so much. It's been a, an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, April. We're, we feel we are very excited to come on and, it, and it's been wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. All right. We will uh, see you next time. Take care and have a wonderful day. I want to thank both Judy and Rose for sharing their words of wisdom and their inspirational stories with us. It's really amazing when you talk to um, women who have been through huge life changes and how they find the ways to power through, whether it's by helping other people or whether it's by leaning on family, drawing from their previous experiences in their lives and sharing with others. It's amazing. And I just so much appreciate both of these wonderful ladies joining us for this podcast. I hope that you can also uh, provide some feedback. Um, I'm always looking forward to messages from listeners. Please use the message button, the message link in the podcast description to leave a voice message, whether you just want to say thanks to the guests or whether you have ideas for upcoming episodes that we can use, or if you're interested in being a guest yourself on a future episode, please, please make use of the voice message option. I also appreciate always if you could, wherever you get your podcast, leave a rating and please leave a short review. It does help to um, help others to find the podcast as well as giving some feedback so that others know that the podcast is worthwhile listening to. Uh, That support is really helpful and I certainly appreciate it. I also welcome any support in a financial way. Um, You can do it through Patreons. If you go to patreon.com and just search April McGinnis or search the name of the podcast, Mildly Eccentric and Eminently Wise, you will find the page. For less than what it would cost for one visit to Starbucks per month, you would be doing a huge, huge service to keeping this content going. So again, please take care of each other, take care of yourself, and have an awesome, badass day.